0: Learn more at marines.com. Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hart. It's joining me, as he always does in this lovely Friday edition, when we go over all things injuries, PFF's Nick Bodiford. Nick, how's it going, man? I'm great. How are you, man? great day to be great as always man got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight unfortunately there were you know one there was one very notable injury on thursday prayers up for tua tagavaloa you know after that nasty nasty hit that for some reason we had to watch 200 times afterwards good news is that tua was able to get discharged and flew back on the plane that's how we got the ridiculous mcgruber story about him watching and laughing that alongside mike mcdaniel on the plane so could have seemingly been a lot worse and uh, it was bad you know regardless not making light of concussions i had to retire from football personally because of concussions so i know just how bad they can be but either way just uh you know get better to a please because yeah better better football league when Tua's out there doing his thing. So, with that, now in the rearview mirror, again, we're going to be going through every single fantasy-relevant injury ahead of Sunday. I've gone through every single injury report, and if you miss something I say, don't worry. I already wrote an article on it that you can find up at PFF.com. So, appreciate you guys tuning in, and with that said, we're going to start off with the quarterback position. So, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert dealing with this ribs issue did get upgraded to a full practice on Thursday, and we'll start Sunday against the Texans. So, just the fact that he did get that Full practice upgrade does help me believe that he is at least, you know, closer to full health. Hopefully, back, you know, his usual just elite, elite level effectiveness and production. We are going to be without. Uh, one of my favorite guys to watch in football, Jameis Winston back and ankle listed as doubtful, fully expecting much less aggressive quarterback Andy Dalton to be starting. And yes, Nick, I think it really is as simple as everyone's making out to be. You take away Jameis, who right now is on pace to shatter basically the PFF record for average target death in a season. You put in Andy Dalton and all of a sudden Alvin Kamara's target problems should be gone.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I wrote up Olave as a player to target as one of the five players to target in my uh, weekly wide receiver cornerback matchups column. Uh, but I went in this morning and I, I think I updated to say that I think Jarvis Landry might be the DFS player. He's got a good matchup against Shannon Sullivan. Uh, and to your point about the average up the target. uh Olave's is like I think it's uh it's twenty point five
0: It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh,
1: which is absurd. Um Dalton's average depth of target is seven point six, Landry's is eleven point two. So I think those two are gonna jive a little bit better. But yeah, Kamara, he could just eat here
0: slight downgrade for Alave, but I will get as we'll get to in a little bit with the wide receivers, Michael Thomas is out with a foot injury, so I think is still going to have plenty of targets to go, you know, get his money's worth, but that area total might not be as gaudy as we're used to seeing. Do you need to keep an eye on Landry as well? Questionable with an ankle injury, obviously does still have a, you know, seemingly good chance to go get out there. Probably going to have Traquan Smith stepping in three wide receiver sets. More on that in just a bit. Patriots quarterback Mac Jones ruled out as expected with that ankle injury. Brian Hoyer is now going to start this week four matchup in Lambeau stay away from this offense. If you can, I know Ramondre Stevenson finally has that role that we like and okay. I'm not saying you can't start him under any circumstances, but this Patriots offense is implied to score 15.5 points. I'm going to mention, I mentioned that implied total a lot. And just, if you don't know, like every game gets a spread and you get your over under and by that, you can basically see how many points each team is implied to score. And then you can rank those to get a better idea of each offense instead of always going off of the combined over under. So yeah, Brutal, terrible. We don't want to address them if we can avoid it. Jets quarterback, Zach Wilson, not listed on the final injury report. He is good to start his first game of the year after dealing with this knee injury. I would love to see a full week's worth of Zach Wilson looking healthy and maybe looking like he has slightly better decision making than last year before being overly confident about anyone involved. I mean, Nick, we saw this last year when Mike White and Joe Flacco were under center and even Josh Johnson force feeding, you know, Michael Carter and even Ty Johnson, these targets, making them both look like superstars. Zach Wilson comes back, plays the style, you know, just so differently and accordingly we saw the running backs targets crater and we saw a banged up group of wide receivers not putting up the same sort of numbers as they were with other quarterbacks under center so not saying you can't start guys like Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore but if it's a close start sick question I'm probably gonna be picking the other guy and finally Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott will be back week five at the earliest he has already been ruled out with the right thumb injury international sensation Cooper Rush back under center for this matchup against the commanders Nick you do a bunch of D DFS work all week and you know I do have a a nice podcast you guys can check out over at Roto Grinders my guy Britt Devine record every Friday and I was just looking through the slate and Jamal Williams shaping up to be one of the chalkiest players out there with DeAndre Swift sideline what do you think about maybe pivoting in tournaments to Ezekiel Elliott who is a home favorite against the Washington defense that hasn't exactly been shut down this year I mean it is Zeke but hey Zeke has looked relative to I think past seasons you know better and more spry than usual
1: that's interesting. I hadn't really considered Zeke. I'm looking at his, so he's only projected for 2.8% ownership. Yeah. On, uh, on DraftKings. i seems like a fine GPP play to me
0: great day to be great some might say all right rest of the running back position now Colts running back Jonathan Taylor absolutely good to go with the toe injury it's like I understand that McCaffrey is indeed more hurt but it is kind of hilarious to me that Taylor didn't practice on Wednesday and I felt like I didn't even hear about it until I was kind of going through today getting this ready but you know McCaffrey like it's a hangnail i practice and it's the biggest thing in the news for the next week and a half unfortunately though McCaffrey with this thigh injury is someone that you need to have a backup plan for. Now, it sounds okay. Coach Matt Rule said that he is, quote-unquote, very hopeful for CMC. And Rap Sheet, like later when he was a- actually tweeting about it, said that he is indeed expected to play. So I would have McCaffrey in your RB1 spot going in, anticipating he's going to play, but try to have a backup option. You're not going to have anyone as good as McCaffrey. So don't give me the Christian McCaffrey or you know Kenneth Gamewell start sick questions. It's going to be McCaffrey because we are confident that he is going to play, but it is a matchup at 4 p.m. Eastern. So just have a backup plan, but it's not nearly as bad as, you know, some of those like Buccaneers or Chiefs questions we have for Sunday night. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook seemed like it could be an issue where we we were going to get an Alexander Madison spot start uh, after last week, but he's good to go. He was already practicing in full on Thursday, not even listening on the final injury report. So Dalvin Cook lineups of all shapes and sizes going up against this Lions 32nd ranked scoring defense. Also got to keep it. I'm sorry, not the Lions. I wrote that wrong in my article. Damn Ian, they're playing the Saints in London in the 930 a.m. game. So Either way, Dalvin Cook, every single fantasy lineup out there—it's Dalvin Cook. We saw him playing through this last year against the Steelers in the went for over 200 yards. So, continue to fire him up again. Lineups of all shapes and sizes. The more interesting one is Saints running back Alvin Kamara. He is listed as questionable in this one. Now, he was able to practice, uh, you know, throughout the week in a limited fashion. So, I'm thinking Kamara is going to play through this. Nick, do you have any reason to believe that Kamara is not going to be out there? He's got he's got the red rocket under center now. He wants to go catch ten passes.
1: Yeah, no, I, I uh I haven't seen anything that, that would indicate that he's not gonna play. The two headliners there are you know, one one guy that we've already talked about and then another that I'm sure we'll touch on in a little bit.
0: All uh, right, Lions running back DeAndre Swift officially ruled out with that ankle and shoulder injury. Jamal Williams, my RB12 on the week. Last year, three games without Swift, 20, 18, and 19 touches. And that was with mediocre snap rates because Jamal Williams was playing through the pain in his own right. So I do think we'll see some Craig Reynolds out there, but it should be overwhelmingly Jamal Williams. Again, top 12 running back. If you have a lineup that doesn't have Jamal Williams in it, it better be sick. And I would advise you to, you know, get out of that four-team league that you happen to be in. Cardinals running back James Conner, good to go. Not listed on the final injury report with the knee injury. Always in that, you know, upside RB2 conversation with as much weekly multi-touchdown upside as anyone. Interesting spot in Baltimore. J.K. Dobbins was listed with a chest injury, but he practiced in full on Thursday and Friday. So no injury designation, but seemingly he is fully past that knee issue. And they, you know, obviously played him last week and everything. But Nick, we did see the split split backfield with justice Hill and JK Dobbins last week. I'm not completely, I'm not completely hands off Dobbins right now. I think he's, you know, a viable flex in deeper leagues. I'd still like to see maybe a little bit more in the issues department before we get back to, you know, treating Dobbins as that, you know, top 24 running back that a lot of people were hoping he'd be once he's back out on the field.
1: Yeah, no, you nailed it. I do think that we, we, Just because he came back last week does not mean that he is uh, done rehabilitating from the injury. So I, I do feel comfortable waiting to believe it until we see it.
0: Packers running back, A.J. Dillon, perfectly good to go for Sunday. Had a limited practice earlier in the week with the knee issue. But, yeah, should be seeing plenty of, you know, second-half volume Packers. Nine-point home favorites against these Brian Hoyer-led Patriots. Great day to be an A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones fantasy manager. Also, a great day to be a Khalil Herbert fantasy manager because Bears running back Dave Montgomery out with knee and ankle injuries. Herbert averages 7.3 yards per carry. And when I tweeted that, someone reminded me that Justin Fields only averages 6.6 yards per per pass attempt absolutely mad stuff i would start khalil herbert ahead of guys like cordero patterson who's questionable in his own right javante williams james connor aj dillon guys that just aren't gonna have as you know fantasy friendly really of a role as khalil herbert's being set up for against a giants defense that in a matchup where i don't think the bears are gonna get completely blown out of the water man the fact that one of these bears or giants teams are gonna be three and one this time next week nick uh, i'm not sure america is ready to comprehend that just yet Falcons running back, though, Cordero Patterson. My guy, I mentioned it. He is questionable. He did manage to squeeze in a limited practice on Friday. This one's interesting, Nick, because they listed him out with a combination of his knee injury and rest. The Falcons play at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. So, you know, we should should know. We should have plenty of kind of backup plans. Worst case, I kind of – I tend to think Patterson's more on the – probable side than the doubtful side of this questionable that's not from a report it's just them kind of listing him with the knee with the rest also attached to that and us not really seeing this big issue come like when did it happen in the game we didn't see any issues with Patterson last week what's your read on the situation
1: yeah it's it's bizarre I noticed the rest thing too now the rest is gone uh, he got unlimited participation today so you know by NFL standards he should be like good to go but it does tell us that we have something to monitor probably for the rest of the year. I, this kind of like quiet knee thing, it seems kind of like it might just be arthritis or something like that. Where, Cause we don't have, I assume that the Twitter doctors would have already found like an impact play had it happened. Uh, so it's just something to monitor. I recommend everybody make sure that Tyler Algier is uh, on their roster. If, if he's a free agent.
0: I just, I want a world, Nick, where the beat reporters that get to spend all week around these teams and the national insiders that, you know, have millions of Twitter followers and they're just, they have all the sources for days. Just, you know, instead of just literally copy and pasting what the team account tells us that Cordero Patterson is questionable, maybe, maybe you know something if he is going to have a better chance to play, or maybe you could explain this backfield that without Cordero Patterson is going to be in complete flux for fantasy managers to figure out. I know Tyler Algier is expecting to lead the way he has been. The early down back here alongside Cordero Patterson. And, you know, one of the cool stats I found coming into the draft was that out of all the draft eligible running backs, Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce, and two guys who I forget their names were the only four that actually had, you know, PFF grades of, I think it was 70 plus in receiving, rushing, and pass blocking. So they're, they're just really complete three down backs. So it's not that Tyler Algier can't handle this three down role, but man, we saw this last year when CPAT missed time. We thought it was going to be the Mike Davis show and then like, quadriolson comes out of nowhere and works ahead of him we still have avery williams there we still have caleb huntley on the practice squad probably going to get elevated again if c pat's out like tyler algier man he would get a nice boost if cordero patterson is out of it i'm not denying that but you know when it's algier versus Brees hall or algier versus like even michael carter I- i'm still probably picking those guys
1: i agree i uh algier might just be a dfs play or you know a, a strangely deep you know 14 teamer Uh, It is important to note that the Cleveland Browns defense is really banged up. And I think that they are going to have maybe more guys than we initially anticipated they were going to have. But this was a team that I focused on a lot in in the matchups columns and in the, the DFS column. They have, I think it's seven defensive starters or six starters plus Chase Winovich who are either out or dealing with a serious injury right now. So the On paper, this looks like a scary matchup. It's not. I think that we can keep our our Falcons, especially the passing game guys, going.
0: Yeah, I'm going Marcus Mariota as my probable cash game quarterback this week. Miles Garrett and Clowney didn't practice all week or both listed as questionable. To your point, they did get uh, Denzel Ward and uh, Jock, their linebacker, seemingly back. They're not listed on the final report. So that's good at least. But yeah, hey, Falcons, top. 10, I believe, scoring offense. Uh, Keep on keeping on, perhaps. But yeah, Tyler Algier, someone as I'm looking at my ranks that'll be updated on the lovely uh, PFF app here shortly once I'm done recording this podcast. Like, I would play him ahead of like Daryl Henderson and, you know, some of the scat backs like Naeem Hines and JD McKissick. I would start, you know, Tony Pollard, Rashad Penny, the Jets, the Jaguars, all the Patriots, and those guys, though, ahead of Tyler, Tyler Algier. All right, small, actually, you know, small thing that i think is actually a big thing so you know just great way of explaining myself here eagles running back boston scott is out with a rib injury miles sanders you know limited early in the week with a hip issue but he's good to go we got a two running back backfield seemingly now nick now i announced this on twitter and someone you know said that trey sermons to get 15 carries out of nowhere so yes that is yeah. a possibility and jalen hurts always remains you know a threat to steal touches at the goal line but for now miles sanders and kenneth Gainwell look like they're going to be forming a two running back and a potential shootout between the Eagles and the Jaguars. I think Sanders can be elevated you know, towards the top of this RB2 kind of tier we always have with the early down guys that we wish were more involved in the passing game. I mean, Miles Sanders, for me, I would go with him, yes, ahead of James Robinson, ahead of Jeff Wilson, Claude Eversolaire, Josh Jacobs is very close. I still lean Sanders for the time being. And Gamewell and DFS, man, especially on a full PPR site like DraftKings, God forbid the Jaguars jump out to a lead. Maybe all of a sudden we see Gamewell getting more involvement. Overall thoughts on this Eagles backfield. Because again, it's weird how we have, you know, all these backfields with sometimes these mobile quarterbacks in Baltimore, Buffalo, Philly. And when there's three running backs involved as well, it's tough for any of those guys to get the opportunities they need. But we're just looking for one week, man. I mean, even Devin singletary guys like that they can pop off on occasion maybe 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 nick this is the miles sanders or kenneth game all week
1: well what's interesting about this i think it was pat Cur- yeah it was pat corain who was tweeting through basically this as a ma- this matchup as a whole and the the quietly uh strong part of the jaguars defense is their run defense and so yes this might end up being the the week that sanders like really gets to run free uh or at least that they hope that he can. But the problem here is he's he's going up against a tough matchup. And I I kind of wonder if this is just like a pure shootout. What I was looking up while you were talking here was just route participation between the backfield through the first three weeks. Um, and it looks, okay, so Sanders is, is, is kind of comfortably ahead. So I, he could still like get the job done, but I think it'll be maybe through the air rather than on the ground
0: don't hate that call and I love when we got our guy Pat Corain you know backing us up too been on the pod several times truly one of my favorite people in the industry give him a follow on Twitter why the hell not at Pat Corain great date to be great there alright yeah so Miles Sanders and even Kenneth Gamewell nice little more bumps than usual without Boston Scott uh, a few more quick ones Broncos running back Melvin Gordon good to go had a neck issue going on which yeah not ideal but doesn't have a final injury designation so I guess he's fine uh, Javante you know mid-tier RB2 Melvin mid-tier RB Hopefully the Mike Boone thing last week was more so just a blip on the radar as opposed to a sign – you know, sign of things to come. If, if it happens again, then I will, you know, these, downgrade these guys accordingly. But I really think, man, the Broncos, they're 31st-ranked scoring offense right now. Like, I I get it. Like, maybe Russ isn't going to be cooking to the extent that we all thought, but 31st, like, I think they're going to boom up at some point. Wouldn't be surprised if we get it here against Max Crosby and company. Also a note, Texans running back Damian Pierce, all good to go after this hip injury and even said that he expects to see his full workload. So your usual volume-based, you know, borderline orbit rb2 rb3 i just worry about this houston texas offense doing much of anything these guys are getting no help from the front offense no hope no help from the scheme it's just tough man damian pierce has been out there like really being good like if you look at his missed tackles for us and his yards after contacting the stuff like he's been above average but the problem is everything else in his offense is shit like when we guys you know before the season we had our awesome uh Quad force on a PFF app in the four main categories. You know, we had kind of strength of schedules, doesn't quite apply here, but the three things were like talent, their uh, offensive environment, and then their just ability to get touches their usage talent uh, offense and usage and Damian Pierce really man he has a talent seemingly that's great but the offense is miserable and the usage as long as Rex Burkhead is still taking that pass down stuff just isn't ideal and I don't really see those latter two things changing anytime soon so that's the only problem with Pierce and I really am not against selling high-ish on him if people still kind of have that whole August uh, just hoopla kind of fresh in their mind about what his true ceiling is in fantasy football because I think we're basically seeing his ceiling right now it's as a lead early down back and a terrible offense that isn't likely to get any better this season. Final running back note, Tyrion Davis-Price expected to still miss multiple weeks. So Jeff Wilson, again, man, a sneaky saw candidate to see 20-plus touches here on Monday night against the Rams. My RB 21 this week, I would start him ahead of C.E.H. Andre Montre Stevenson, among others. Appreciate the YouTube gang gang getting some wide receiver stuff now, but I can get to a couple start sits. Why the hell not Drake London or Chris Alave from our guy, Tyler Kelly. God, this one is close, man. Cause I was telling myself Alave oval over London without Michael Thomas, but then when you take Jameis out of the picture, I think we got to go with Drake London, right? Nick
1: agreed. Yep.
0: Yeah. Drake London doing some absolutely great stuff to start this season. Uh, appreciate so you good. sit. I know, man. He is sick. Appreciate you, Samuel. Uh, who should I start in place of Michael Thomas, Jacoby Myers, Jahan Dotson, or Isaiah McKenzie? I would go with Jahan Dotson out of that group. Jacoby isn't guaranteed to start either. Isaiah McKenzie. It does look like Gabriel Davis is going to play, and you know, but Crowder there. Do you, do you think McKenzie McKenzie versus Dotson's a conversation? Where do you land on that, Nick?
1: Yeah, that's hard. Uh, let's. I mean, so I think that the matchup in for Washington shapes at best as a Curtis Samuel game because of the Dallas pass rush and where Curtis Samuel is being used on the field but I have I what do you what do you make of of, um, of Isaiah McKenzie's like situation right now
0: because okay here's the problem here's the problem with this yeah. and I'm happy we brought this up because I didn't want to forget this there are a couple games with severe weather concerns not Tampa somehow like you know good for my namesake I guess not fucking up Sunday at least everything else wasn't very good but Hurricane Ian apparently not causing like big issues for the Tampa Bay game they're keeping the game there and I looked at the Sunday night forecast and there's not even extra wind or anything like that so I love the weather tool over at Roto Grinders a fantastic website friends of the pod and uh, you know with Kevin Roth giving us his always awesome weather edge just does a good job telling us you know the games that potentially have issues and the one game he does have as an orange so not quite a red but an orange is Buffalo and Baltimore. Baltimore, 20 mile per hour, wind expected strong gusts and a chance for rain, Jacksonville, Philly, Chicago, and New York. Those are also games that have a chance for rain, but lesser wind that 20 mile per hour mark is usually when we start to get concerned. So I know McKenzie is a little bit more gadgety than most, and he could, if there was going to be a wide receiver to kind of be okay in the wind and stuff, it'd be someone with a lower eight out like him sometimes. That's tough. I'm going to give this slight edge to Jahan Dotson. And same goes for Sun God, Terry McLaurin, Elijah Moore, or Jacob Myers, a little bit easier. I think that one's Terry McLaurin. Let's get a week of the Zach Wilson experience before getting too crazy. All right, let's talk some wide receivers. Just we're talking about the Bills, actually. Jake Kumaro is out, at least, you know, for Isaiah McKenzie with that ankle injury, but it does look like Gabriel Davis is going to play because he personally said, I'm playing Sunday. Again, borderline wide receiver too. We need him to score touchdowns, but guess what? He's playing with Josh Allens. Certainly has a chance to be in that potential shootout against the Ravens if Mother Nature cooperates. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas out with the foot injury. Jarvis Landry questionable with an ankle. Traquan Smith good to go from the concussion protocol low-key over 100 yards last week Deontay Hardy good to go with the foot so with Thomas out again we kind of already talked about Chris Olave. <sighs> if we had Jameis under center man Chris Olave would be like a must start f- top 15 option but we don't so with Andy Dalton I do think Chris Olave is more of a borderline wide receiver two type like Nick when you talk about Amari Cooper versus Chris Olave, who you got oh
1: wow um Oh, actually, probably Amari Cooper. That's,
0: that's really tough, so. though. That's a tough one. Yeah, that's about it. I have Amari Cooper ranked wide receiver 25. Might bump him up a spot. I think I'm going to have Chris Olave just outside of my top 24. He's an upside wide receiver three this week. Andy Dalton is still capable of throwing a ball more than five yards uh, downfield. I'm not afraid of the matchup, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. So let's not get completely out of, you know, the Chris Olave business. Just realize, like, would have been a lot cooler if Jameis Winston was still out there. And yes, as Nick said before, Jarvis Landry, if you know you're waking up early, playing a little bit of showdown with the Saints, could be someone to target there in DFS land with the lions uh the sun god he's he's out amon ross st brown with the ankle injury and we also have dj chark and josh reynolds questionable with ankle injuries and their own right i've seen people just immediately yell chark week like we've never freaking heard that one before come on folks be more creative out there on the twitter sphere it's not that hard but we also have deandre swift out with an ankle and shoulder injury so for sure the top two options are out the next two top receivers at least aren't working out a hundred percent this tells me TJ Hawkinson might get 30 targets, but otherwise Nick, we have TJ Hawkinson and we have Jamal Williams and that's great. And they should be started everywhere. Otherwise I really don't want much to do with this offense.
1: So I wrote up Josh Reynolds as a, a player to target this week. I like his matchup against Tariq woolen. Seattle defenses is, is very, very bad. Uh, yeah, I so this one, I th- I mean, it's again that one might be in terms of redraft, maybe another like fourteen team or or uh, large roster, okay. twelve team kind of a play, but DFS, I would totally roll the dice on Josh Reynolds.
0: That's fair, and I'm not saying you can't. There are flex situations. I, I have a 14-team league with three flex spots, and I will be starting Josh Reynolds and Mac Hollins again uh, this week in that league, so I get it. You get to points where you do it or you have injuries and stuff, but like, yeah, like Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark, I'm going to have a hard time getting them higher than, you know, like wide receiver 45, wide receiver 46, right. once I update those. All right, Packers, wide receiver Alan Lazard, and Christian Watson, good to go. Lazard just continuing to be hobbled a little bit by this ankle injury, but Watson's being back actually isn't great news for Romeo Dobbs because we did see the Dobbs explosion happen without Watson and without Sammy Watkins, who remains on IR. So I'm not saying you can't go in all in on the Romeo Dobbs business, but I have a rank right now, wide receiver 40, you know, right behind Josh Palmer, Allen Robinson, Gigi Smith Schuster. I am going to keep him there with Watson being back. So Lazard, my wide receiver 36, solid wide receiver three, wide receiver four types. What could be interesting and Out of all the injury reports in the NFL, the Patriots are the most annoying in that you can't never tell what's happening in terms of guys being questionable and if they're going to play or not. And this week, man, Patriots secondary. They have... Three safeties and Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, and Joshua Bledsoe, all questionable with various injuries. And then Jalen Mills is questionable with the hamstring injury, one of their starting cornerbacks. So hey, I know it's uh Bill Belichick's defense. He'll take away your number one player, yada yada, yada. But maybe in this matchup, Nick, a nice little GPP play in uh, you know, DFS land could be targeting this Packers passing attack.
1: Yeah, I'm in on dubs. I I think that he won the role, or at least it's his to lose now after what he did last week, uh, I was tweeting about this and, and shout out to the established to run guys for catching the uh, uh, Lafleur press conference, where he talked about how Dubs was winning against uh, man coverage. Lazar did technically out target at, but anyway, you can find it on my Twitter. The, the point is I think that Dubs has the role and I'm not really afraid of Watson coming back because I think that they're playing different. They're, they're doing different things for this teams. Dub, Dub is the ex Dubs is the X ex- receiver. Uh Watson, I think he is the MVS field stretcher and Alan Lazard is gonna you know keep being underwhelming.
0: Nate, we would go with Dobbs, and that starts to question. Great day to be great, sir. All right, Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen seemingly re-aggravated that hamstring issue Thursday practice. He has been ruled out. If you missed it earlier this week, Jalen Guyton, their field stretcher got put on IR with a knee injury. So Mike Williams, he needs to be in lineups of all shapes and sizes. Don't look at just one game last week where he still scored a touchdown because he's a freaking beast. Literally the week before, we were all creaming ourselves on Thursday night over him going freaking off on... You know, just again over a hundred yards, nearly had two touchdowns there. So the Mike Williams thing is ridiculous. We just disregard his great games. And when he busts, we just have nothing other to talk about. So get Mike Williams and all these lineups. They're playing the Texans. Justin Herber is that quarterback. I saw some projected ownership for Mike Williams. I was like acting like no one's even gonna be on the dude this week. I really just wish humans had a longer memory than seven days sometimes, but hey, we'll take advantage of it. Mike Williams should be an everyone's I think top 12 <laughs> should be I think good one Ian but yeah top 12 wide receiver in my opinion he will at least be so in mine. and then with Josh Palmer man one game after another with uh, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams out of the picture continues to put up big numbers and without Guyton like it really could be an extra like 40 50 air yards for him in this one I know Palmer already had beaten out Guyton as a number three receiver but they really don't have a field stretcher now without Guyton even though he wasn't used a ton so now expect you know nice more Justin Herbert area The few times he does them with Joe Lombardi going downfield, Joshua Palmer, someone that, again, I would start even over guys like Romeo Dobbs, Zay Jones, Julio Jones, Elijah Moore, and others this week. Speaking of some of those Buccaneers receivers, Chris Goblin, Julio Jones, both questionable, both game time decisions with the hamstring and knee injury. Russell Gage seems more questionable than normal, too. He actually got downgraded to a DMP on Friday. He's been questionable during all these weeks in his own right with the hamstring issue, apparently not super healthy. And for good measure, Prashad Perryman with a knee and hamstring injury, also doubtful. So at least Mike Evans is back. But. Yeah, Tom Brady, any, you know, closer start sick questions with him, I'll probably continue to pick the other guy until he gets more of these dudes back. So it is better that he got Evans, obviously, and, you know, facing the Chiefs, we could see a shootout and apparently not, you know, impacted weather. I keep bringing it up because I pounded the under when I freaking heard they were going to stay in Tampa, Nick, and now now I'm going to have to watch Mahomes and freaking Brady not go over that's going to be a great little Sunday night for me but just with these wide receivers they're playing Sunday night it's going to be really tough to expect them to be in their full-time roles and you're probably not going to have very good you know extra players on Monday night to actually be able to replace them with if they don't wind up playing so again Goblin, Julio, even Gage I wouldn't really expect them to play I would make your lineup decisions this weekend under the assumption that they won't. Giants wide receiver, Sterling Shepard, on IR, Kadarius Toney, Hamstring, Wandale Robinson, knee, both are out. Three wide receiver sets, Nick, of Richie James, Kenny Galladay, and, of course, David Sills. Apparently, Richie James is the DFS darling of the week. Miss me with that, man. I don't want anything to do with this passing game. There is one player for the New York Giants that we care about in fantasy football, and it's Saquon Barkley, my overall RB1 of the week. Like, come on, man. We're not doing this with Richie James.
1: I so I I dot protest I, I run up Richie James he gets to play against a guy named Kyler Gordon who is maybe the worst cornerback in the NFL he's got the league's highest explosive pass plays allowed rate of 7.4 it's just a full 1.9 percent higher than the next closest NFL player which is uh I think the other guy yeah Kil- Kendall Viltor the other corner on the Bears so like I know that Richie James is not a very good NFL player, but he's earning the targets over the other Giants receivers. And like this, I I think projectable volume can be a trap, but like they don't have anybody else. So GPP fields, I say go for it. Redraft, probably too shaky, but GPP, I, I dig it.
0: That's fair, yeah. And I don't want to hear about him approaching cash lineups, especially if we continue to see this weather not look good again in New York. There's expected 15-20 mile per hour wind and a chance for rain. So, if you're going to play Richie James, please don't do it in you know inclement weather. Come on, like we we got families out here, everyone. All right, Cardinals wide receiver room still all sorts of banged up. Marquise Brown popped up on the injury report on Friday. Another one of these though, foot and rest, and he was still limited in practice. So I'm not sure if. I don't know what happened here, man. It'd be nice to have any sort of details. And this is going to be a four o'clock game in Carolina. So if you have Hollywood Brown on the team, I wouldn't assume he's out, but you really should try to be careful about who you're going to be putting up. If you happen to have, you know, an incredibly blessed lineup and it's like Marquise Brown or even someone like, you know, Devonte Smith, Jerry Judy, like Curtis Samuel, I give a long look to to those other guys. So really hoping that by Sunday morning, we have a better picture of Marquise Brown. Once we, if we get like the, Oh, he's going to test it out in pregame and see how he's doing. That's when I would go with those other guys. AJ green out. Greg Dortch. Good to go. Of course he is. Rondale, more questionable with the hamstring injury. Hopkins out for another week. Just staring us down from the fantasy bench. Antoine Wesley, still on IR with the groin injury. So it's wild seeing what Greg Dortch is doing every single week, Nick in full PPR. AJ Green's out too. This is such a freaking banged up wide receiver room. If Hollywood is somehow out, man, Greg Dortch is going to have to be like a top 24 wide receiver. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. Zach Ertz is going to eat too. If Marquise Brown is in and Rondale's back, then I don't really want to play Greg Dortch because I think we could have, unfortunately, a bit of split usage in the slot between Dortch and Rondale. Do you have a read on this situation at all? The Panthers are favored to win a football game right now over Kyler Murray, and part of me can't believe it, and then the other part of me listens to what I've said in the last 60 seconds, and it's like, how are they going to move the football?
1: Yeah, Kyler, he, he's just going to put the team on his back and and bring the ball down the field. But uh, if if Ron Moore is active, then no, I, you can't play Dorch. If Ron Moore is inactive, then, you know, light the torch, and, oh my God, if Marquise <laughs> Brown is also out, then like he is a top 24 wide receiver and we're just don't question it. Just roll with it.
0: I haven't heard light, light the Doors before. I'm starting to like him more and more after that. I can get behind Light in the torch. All right, Chiefs wide receiver, MBS, abdomen questionable. He did get back to practice on Friday. Mikko Hardman with the heel is good to go. So I think Justin Watson would sadly just replace MVS, not Sky Moore. So it'd be fair to give Juju a little bit of a bump and, you know, maybe Miko Hardman too, but we get it. It's Travis Kelsey, it's Patrick Mahomes. If you have Clyde Edwards, yeah, you can start him. He's obviously scoring his touchdowns, but, and, you know, not the super, super upside guy and that's where juju i think stands too. someone where yeah he's not going to be in the top 20 options but he still is a full-time member of an explosive chiefs offense i'm still okay with going to juju as more of a wide receiver three with the Raiders, Hunter Renfro out again this week with a concussion. So, Mac Hollins will once again have a bigger role for 150 plus last week. I wouldn't be, you know, that ready to go back to Mac Hollins here. Seems a bit point chasing for me. What I love this week, man, in tournaments, go back to Darren Waller. Dropped two touchdowns last week, had a 30 yard gain nullified. Like the big thing for Darren Waller, too, Foster Moreau's out, the backup tight end that usually has actually kept him off the field for a bit. So, Darren Waller, man, might not leave the field out there. And we Know how good he is. It was one terrible week. A lot of players have them. Wallers happened to come last week. Quit living in the past. Let's look ahead to week four and live in the present. Devonte Adams always your upside wide receiver one. So Mac Hollins is someone that I think will be in the top forty-eight. I mean, he earned that, but he's right there. Like to me, with guys like Jahan Dotson, Robert Woods, you know, Darno Mooney, guys that definitely don't need to be in starting lineups. And as I say those names, I probably still put most of them ahead of Mac Hollins as well. Cowboys wide receiver, Michael Gallup, not listed on the final injury report and seemingly will be making his 2022 season debut. So Nick, I think we talked about this already. Like we want at least one week of Michael Gallup usage in the books before we can really fire him up as the wide receiver three. We're hoping that he can consistently be in this offense, especially without Dak this week. I don't think there's any need to go. Michael Gallup. What this does do is it makes me, you know, completely off Noah Brown as a potential flex option. Look, we have CeeDee Lamb. If you have the running backs, you might be playing them, too. It's mostly just CeeDee Lamb and Dallas, though, this week. Agreed.
1: Yeah. And wide receivers can kind of struggle coming off ACL. So I I definitely believe in, in, in waiting on Gallup to see, you know, what he can do.
0: Patriots wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, limited all week. He is listed as questionable. Again, we don't know what the Patriots are seemingly ever doing here. If he is again sidelined, Devontae Parker has a little bit, you know, more of a bump as we saw last week, but with Brian Hoyer under center. Yeah, just stay the hell away if you can all help it. Again, Patriots are implied to score a week low, 15.5 points. I can't overstate how horrendous that is. Jaguars wide receiver Zay Jones. So he got downgraded to a DMP on Thursday and he got a limited session on Friday. If he plays, I love Zay Jones at 4,200 over Richie freaking James at 4,000 on DraftKings. If and hey, in redraft, man, and just season long, borderline wide receiver three. If sideline Christian Kirk, even more of a must start. And then we get Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram, and maybe even Travis Etienne doing their things. All right, I want to give a shout out to our friends here at Sleeper. Let me get our little banner up. We do every week love our Sleeper of the Day, powered by Sleeper, my favorite app to go play fantasy football on. But I'm actually going to do a prop bet here for our Sleeper segment. Nick. Travis Etienne over 17 and a half receiving yards this week. He's already beat that in each of the first three weeks of the season. He got 18, 30, and 33 receiving yards. The Jaguars are six and a half point dogs. We might finally see them not win by 24 points, not win by 28 points, actually have to play from behind like they did in week one when Etienne actually outsnapped James Robinson. Etienne is averaging a position high 10.1 yards per catch. The Eagles have allowed the eighth most catches to opposing running backs and Travis Etienne is objectively really fast. Nick, come on. This makes all the sense in the world, man, and it's not a complete hatred on James Robinson, but this is a two-running back backfield that we've had back-to-back games with absolute best-case scenario game script for James Robinson, and I'm not so sure we're getting that this week.
1: Yeah, I've heard a number of people talk about the fact that uh, the Jaguars, I don't think they played from behind at all this year. Travis Etienne, and I was also tweeting today, I think this is the final... Uh, chapter in the uh buy low window on travis etn game is very likely to shoot out we mentioned the run defenses uh or at least the jags run defense earlier on the same goes obviously with jordan six foot seven or whatever jordan davis and <laughs> and, and all those guys um uh, i think that travis Etienne can have a, a fine day and i think that 17 and a half receiving yards is is very doable
0: couldn't agree more about ETM being a great prime lobe candidate prime by low candidate If you can still get to him there, it's, and it's just the reality that now he's being almost valued. Like he's just being valued less than what his role is right now. He hasn't had a chance to cash in on the big plays or just a bunch of the receptions that he once he gets those man, he's going to be valued more than now. I understand the third or fourth round price that, you know, you had to pay to go get him. That's why those exact managers are probably going to be pissed off about it and more willing to give him uh, up for a bit of a discount and God forbid something else happens to James Robinson. Etienne's a weekly top 12 option. Same thing goes uh, the other way, obviously, if something happens to ETN. But again, these two running back backfields, that's why with Cam Akers and Travis ETN, when people were freaking out, it's like, I get it. You can't really start them right now, but let's not, you know, get too wild because if something happens, one injury away from having an awfully big role. You guys saw how Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert just jumped up the ranks, you know, and dominated conversation after one injury. Same thing more than possible in the LA and um, jack Jacksonville backfields as well couple wide receivers that are fine. Devontae Smith back issue, not listed on the final report, continue to fire him up as that wide receiver too that he's been over the past two weeks. Traylon Burke perfectly fine with that illness, came back and had full practices on Thursday and Friday. Kyle Phillips, their slot receiver, is questionable with a shoulder injury. Small downgrade to Burks if Phillips is going to suit up and play. I do think we can maybe see Tannehill and company sneakily put up some decent passing numbers against the Colts this week, especially if they fall behind pretty quick. But Burke's still someone that I think think his bylaw window is maybe closing as well so Traylon Burks in that etm maybe just maybe we get these rooks and etn is basically a rookie we get them going this week bears wide receiver vilas jones might actually make his debut you know at 29 years of age haha <laughs> first one to make that joke with the hamstring injury listed as questionable but yeah it does appear to have a chance to play got the full practice in on friday byron pringle is out with the calf issue look it's This Bears passing game, like, if you can actually start anyone from it, then you're a stronger man than me. Mooney, again, I think he's my wide receiver, 50 on the week. Of course, you're not playing Vilas. And finally, LaVisca Chenault, awesome-ass touchdown last week. Unfortunately, questionable with a hamstring injury. Not that you were really looking to play him anyway. Before we get to tight end, I want to quickly pay a bill or two. Got to love our sponsors out there. And today's sponsor just happens to be one of my favorites out there. Very, basically – These awesome people sent me a jacket. They do clothes. They're incredibly versatile and comfortable. I haven't gotten it just yet. So I can tell you guys exactly how comfortable it is next week. But Nick, I'm not much of a fashion guy. I think some of the fashion rules are bullshit. Like after Labor Day, they always say like, you can't wear white. Maybe you can wear white, whatever it is. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like how come that's a rule? And so I went back and I looked it up at one point. Apparently it was because back in the 16th and 17th century or whatever, all these rich people were getting pissed off at the poor people catching up to their wardrobes. So they had to start making these new rules to basically expand the overall kind of wardrobe of fashion. So they could continue to, you know, show off their wealth and all that. So either way I'm not someone that you know is a big fashion guy but all right look at Vuri, man it seems like the sort of place where if you do like clothes and you like being comfortable that it is exactly what you need to go to so not exactly sure if this is uh you know the best pitch for uh, a fashion place out there but you know what I'm a fan of it it's the sort of stuff that you know I can see myself throwing on there and for our listeners they're actually giving you guys 20% off your first purchase go on and get comfortable with Vuri. that's dot com slash pff pod and go get that 20% off. And also folks, we do have a PFF app right now. I will be back on Twitter, you know, 1130 AM basically every Sunday. I try to get to as many start-sit questions as I can. I do in the PFF fantasy football community so I don't blast out notifications to, you know, anyone that's got me on notice on Twitter, but I can't get to them all, but that's why in our PFF app, we have a start-sit tool that takes me, Kevin Cole, Nathan Yonke, all of our ranks. You put in your two players on the app and it tells you who we would start. When you guys ask me on Twitter who I would start, what do I do? I go to my ranks and I see who I would start when I thought about this, you know, with a clear mind earlier in the week. So PFF, and yes, Val, two guys that haven't seen Sun in a long time because we're getting the ranks so damn good in the PFF app, the Start Sit app. And it's always a great day to be great. I will say I saw uh, everyone's always got something to say about how damn white I am on these podcasts. And it's all good. You know, oh I, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the first thing, not the first time I've heard it. I got a lot of Sun this summer, man, which is sad that this is like, you know, the more more tannish version of myself. But hey, it is what it is born this way and you know i got a cool hat game so it is what it is let's talk some tight ends now nick after that just ridiculous uh, interjection there so bill's tight end dawson knox officially questionable with a back and hip injury effective touchdown dependent tight end. one unfortunately hasn't been scoring those touchdowns but i'm not giving up after just three weeks still someone the bills obviously really value long term just look at the contract they gave him right before the season started josh allen remains really freaking good at football Brown's tight end, David Njoku. This one's interesting. So he got downgraded to a DMP out of nowhere on Thursday with a knee injury. Then he practices full on Friday, and he's good to go for Sunday. So, Nick, it's enough for me in DFS to go with Evan Ingram if I'm going to go down that deep in the salary. Ingram's at 3.4K on DraftKings. Njoku's at 3.7K. And just in terms of season long, I have Njoku this week as my tight end 12. He's right there next to Ingram. I would still start guys like Knox, Higby, and Gerald Everett over David Njoku. I think with him being injured, man, I don't think we saw this major role change for Njoku last week. I think it was a big week, and he's a talented guy, and he could certainly do it again. But this offense is still going first and foremost through Amari Cooper. And it's not like last week was our first game that we saw in the Joku play without Austin Hooper. If you look at the now like six or seven games that they've played without Hooper, Harrison Bryant is like pretty much right there with them in terms of total targets. So am I, am I not moving the Joku up high enough, Nick? I feel like that it was a primetime game that everyone's kind of pissed off that they benched him for, but I don't think necessarily, again, he's a top 12 tight end for me, but not someone that we just absolutely need to jam in the lineups.
1: No, I think that's fine. Uh, he's got a negative 9% uh, matchup advantage rating on uh, PFS tight end matchup chart against Rashawn Evans, Atlanta Falcons linebacker. Um, I think that you can roll with him if you want to, because some teams are starting to do this thing where they rest guys on Thursdays instead of Wednesdays. And given the, the injuries going on in Cleveland that we talked about, they may just have been playing it safe. We can't know that. Uh, But I do also really like Evan Ingram. I know that the Philadelphia Eagles uh, linebacker coverage has improved, but that is a position and an area of the field that they deprioritize in their team building. And so tight ends do have a good history of producing against the Eagles. So I think that Evan Ingram, I think I actually might have written him up as a start at 4 for 4 this week. So um, I think Ingram is a a totally fine uh, start over in Joku this week.
0: Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson. Once I update my lovely ranks, he'll be up there as the tight end six overall behind only Waller, Pitts, Kittle, Kelsey, and Andrews. Take away DeAndre Swift. Take away Monra, St. Brown. Even Chark and Josh Reynolds are banged up. Again, Hawkinson does not even have a an, an injury designation, so full expecting him to have the biggest game of the year, potentially. Why not? Like, what could possibly go wrong, Nick? And, you know, I'm jinxing that as I'm saying it, so come on. Come on, Hawk, get those targets. Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz officially questionable with the knee injury. I think there's enough of a chance of limited snaps and or effectiveness without Dak Prescott to basically make him more of this borderline tight end one as opposed to the locked-in starter. So, Nick, would you go, if active, Schultz or Njoku, Eileen Njoku, and honestly, probably Ingram as well.
1: Yep, me too. Yeah. Both of those guys over Schultz.
0: It's just not the not, not the week. He was only limited. I think they trust Jake Ferguson enough to make things rough on Schultz this week. Just not this week. We'll have Dak back, hopefully in week five. And then we'll get back to Schultz as our weekly top six option after. Hopefully, he's healthier as well. Titans tight end Austin Hooper, good to go with a neck injury. It just feels so weird to say that. But yeah, he's apparently good to go with the neck injury. Not a big deal. That's the uh, NFL. Regularly rotates multiple players at the position, though. So he's not a realistic fancy option anyway. Raiders tight end Moreau out with a knee injury again. Darren Waller, Monster Week incoming. I absolutely love it. Bears tight on Ryan Griffin, listed as Doubtful with an Achilles. Cole Komet, throw open in your mouth and throw him in the tight end spot if you have no one else, but please, for the love of God, try to find someone else. Chargers tight end Donald Parham, questionable with the hamstring. If he's back, it's just going to lower that Gerald Everett ceiling just a little bit, but still, I mean, Parham could easily just kind of come in and take away stuff from Trey McKitty and uh, Richard Rogers far more than anything Everett gets, so I'm still going to have Everett in my top 12 uh, regardless of Parham's final status. And with the Texans, Brevin Jordan once again out, Barrow Brown questionable. They're going to bring up Jordan Akins and Ren under all of them obsolete fantasy assets. Anyway, a few just other notes here. Ravens left tackle Ronnie Stanley seemed to be trending towards getting back after getting him full practice to start the week. He got listed with the rest and ankle again on Friday, so he actually didn't practice on Friday. But obviously, if he starts, nice boost for the entire Ravens offense. Bill's secondary, all kinds of banged up. Micah Hyde on the IR with the neck injury. Shredavious White still on the pump. Jordan Poirier questionable with a foot injury. They signed. Old man Xavier Rhodes. Now he's hurt with a hamstring injury. Christian Benford, Dane Jackson, the other cornerbacks are hurt. So, again, it sucks that we have to worry about the weather in this Baltimore-Bills game. But if not, man, Rashad Bateman to the freaking moon this week. And obviously, Mark Andrews. But he basically already already lives on the moon at this point. So... Browns, the end, Miles Garrett, shoulder and biceps after that car crash. He's questionable. So is Davian Clowney with an ankle injury. Not at the practice all week. So even if they are out there, I think reasonable to expect them to be at less than 100%. Again, good news from Marcus Mariota. Cordero Patterson, if he's out there, just everyone. You don't get to play against Miles Garrett. You know, you're going to be those quarterbacks just probably have a bigger, bigger peace of mind. You can imagine. Mentioned the Patriots' secondary problems, safety Kyle Duggar, safety Adrian Phillips, safety Joshua Bledsoe, and cornerback Jalen Mills, all listed as questionable. Not exactly great when you're facing the two time reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the NFL. And finally, 49ers left tackle, Trent Williams, expected to miss. You know, what they say here, Nick, Se- several weeks for Trent Williams, right? I think I heard that. Yeah,
1: it's a high ankle, right?
0: That's it. Yeah, so he's yeah. out. It just sucks. We're still- Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think the biggest thing is potentially George Kittle just having to pass block more. You okay? (laughs) Nick is good probably got a little dog run around or something but hey guess what we're done anyway life is still good here on the PFF fantasy football podcast hey if you guys got a few more questions in the YouTube chat I got time to get to them so send them on through from R.A. Avila should I play Debo versus the Rams or Curtis Samuel versus Dallas you drafted Debo Samuel in the second round man and now you're talking about benching him like come on man give me Debo Samuel eight days of the week pretty funny though how we were looking for this year's like Debo Samuel and so far the close this guy, probably the dude with the same last name in Curtis Samuels. So, not trying to be a dick tra but yes, please do pick Debo there. Uh, what there was Juniors think about Tyler Conklin. I think I'll be a lot more psyched about Conklin after we get one week's of evidence that Zach Wilson can just have this passing game as efficient as Joe Flacco. Fair play to the man, like they were putting up some nice production for the majority of that stint without Zach Wilson and Conklin dominating the route share and stuff. Still not totally convinced that CJ Uzoma is out of the picture, but Nick, do you have a uh, rest of season's thoughts on Tyler Conklin?
1: Yeah, I think he's the the top guy that I think he's played well enough that he'll be like, I don't think CJ Uzoma is a threat to him. Uh, I do think that we should wait to see what Zach Wilson or what Zach Wilson's presence says to him. The guy that I do think that that fantasy managers can still hang their hat on there is uh, Garrett Wilson. He is going to go up against, Cam Sutton of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's been manning the slot and Garrett Wilson has transitioned to being the starting slot receiver starting. Yeah. Starting slot receiver in New York uh, over the last three weeks. And like, that's a matchup that I think he can win. It is still kind of shaky. I get that, but, if, if Wilson is just kind of running free by a mile, I think Wilson, I mean, hopefully Wilson is able, Zach Wilson is able to hit him if that's the case.
0: That is the thing, man, with this Jets team. Like they, I know the offensive line has had some injuries happen, so they're not as good as kind of they were, we thought they might be in the preseason, but they really did a good job surrounding Zach Wilson with enough guys to hopefully know if he can be the guy moving forward. Like, you know, just imagine that, man, really putting your second year quarterback in a position so you know that, you know, you can move on with them or not move on with them uh the next year like maybe some Chicago could look at but Brandon Cooks or Hollywood Brown again I'm praying that one of Schefter or Rapshi tells us Sunday night what's going on with Marquise Brown how serious this injury is if we have no concern Hollywood Brown's playing he's fine I'm going with Hollywood Brown if it's a 50-50 thing the Texans play at one o'clock. The uh, Cardinals play at four o'clock. So in that case, I would go with Brandon Cooks. I think it's close enough to go ahead and just take the uh, more sure thing. Uh, Francesco's wondering if it's insane to drop Allen Robinson to stash Kadarius Tony. Bro, I've struggled so hard to drop Tony from these teams. I can barely rationalize it. But for Allen Robinson, no, man, keep A-Rob. I think I think A-Rob's gonna be okay. Maybe not, you know, this like top 15 wide receiver like he was being made out to be in all those off fluff pieces, you know, written about him. But at the same time, man just a little bit of good luck goes his way over these last two weeks and he would have had an additional two touchdowns i don't think you know i i think we could see something more so in the wide receiver two range where he was drafted on sooner rather than later do we think Amari Cooper will keep up the production? Same with Michael Thomas when he comes back. Two really damn good wide receivers. Unfortunately, they deal with injuries, and that's kind of been a thing for both these guys over the years where even though Cooper hasn't missed many games, he does play through the paint a lot, which is awesome, but we also see his effectiveness uh, dip. And, you know, to be fair, Jacoby Brissett playing great football. Do I think the Browns are going to have the six rank scoring offense, you know, for the next still, what, six, seven more games before Deshaun Watson comes back? Probably not. Maybe, probably not. And accordingly, I do think Cooper will settle in more so as his low-end wide receiver two uh, that he hasn't been recently. He's been a freaking wide receiver one. But, you know, maybe we treated him a little too harshly as his wide receiver three to start the season. I don't think he's going to continue the wide receiver one stuff because he wasn't even doing that in Dallas really over the past two years. But low-end wide receiver two for Amari Cooper and honestly pretty close with Michael, Michael Thomas with the way Chris Olave is emerging. I think, I think that range for both guys is pretty fair. Rashad Penny or James Conner? Got to be James Conner for me. And, yeah, appreciate all you guys uh, tuning in. Nick, let the folks know what you got over at PFF.com for all you DFS diehards.
1: Yeah, so we have the DFS cheat sheet for week four, and we've also got the top five wide receiver cornerback matchups to target and avoid.
0: Great day to be great sir nick and you can check out my positional previews i'm changing up my articles next week guys i'm i'm taking some advice i heard one time just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you need to uh take a long oh my god just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you should take a long time making it. I need to wordsmith that, but the point is you mess up. Don't just keep messing up for the next, you know, 12 months. I'm going to get back to doing team by team stuff. I I just felt like I was repeating myself with some of the articles. So new look running back feature coming on. I'm going to load up some like bullet points right at the top to try to give you guys rankings, handcuffs, matchup notes, and then just get into one cool thing. I was just trying to avoid writing so many damn like 8,000 word articles this year, but then I found myself kind of going in circles. So we're going to work a little smarter and work a little harder Sometimes you get the best results from that. And again, new look on the wide receiver, tight end stuff as well. So yes, truly appreciate the support with the podcast, with the articles, with everything out there and go have a hell of a week four. it's a great day to be great. As I say, 20 freaking million times every podcast, but there's worse things to say a lot. So it's all good for Nick. I mean, thanks for tuning in to PFF fantasy football podcast until next time. Take care, everybody.